0: Springboard, Your virtual university. My name is Albert Okran, matriculating you on behalf of the virtual academic board chaired by Comfort. This is your most inspirational show and a point of convergence for the greatest minds. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Racial Foundation in partnership with the multimedia group and proudly sponsored by MTN. MTN, Pulse, Just B, UMB Bank, UMB Speed Up, Digi Bank, Let's Go, the Enterprise Group, Enterprise Your Advantage and the Graphic Communications Group. So, this is the fourth in our series of discussions about the changing world of work. Nothing seems to ever be the same again. So far, we've been looking at how a combination of technological innovation, COVID-19, and if I may add, customer preferences have changed the world of work. We've looked at the overview of the workplace the skills required, and last week, the Ghanaian situation, based on a report by Jobman Ghana. Today, I want to focus on those two big words that have been coming up over and over and over again, soft skills, the role of soft skills. Let me start with a quote from Peggy Klaus, the author of The Hard Truth About Soft Skills. She says, soft skills get a little respect, but they can make or break your career. Is it true or untrue? In the studio today, I am honored to have two men I deeply appreciate and respect, achievers in their own rights. And they are, in my opinion, role models in soft skills. One of them climbed Mountain Afajatu and then climbed Kelebanjaru to raise funds for the aged. Dr. Sianza, welcome to Springboard. <laughs> Thank you very much. What an introduction. <laughs> I know. I didn't <laughs> even know what to do. <laughs> this you. is the CEO of Axis Human Capital, also a lecturer, and she understands this subject very well. And then, of course, I have my sister who I have referenced several times in my presentations. The woman who left a meeting in a boardroom, jumped on a motorbike and came for an interview and went back to the, the boardroom for the meeting. Gina Asarifaguni. Gina, good to see you. Good
1: to see you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is, this, these new introductions are very different. <laughs> but Gina is the senior manager in charge of corporate communications at MTN Ghana, big partners in this intervention. Gina, thanks for the support over the years. Thank you, too. Right. So we are discussing soft skills, and many say, are we making too much noise about it, or it's really as big as it is? What would you say? Uh, Let's start with you, Dr. Ansai. All right.
2: Thank you. Um, I'd say soft skills have always been needed, always been relevant. But two key factors for me that make it even more critical now, one is diversity, you know, And so when you are working with people from diverse backgrounds, people who may not even come from the same country as you, cultural intelligence, emotional intelligence, being able to work with people and manage and leverage that diversity, very, very critical. And so soft skills have always been relevant, but even more so in a context with that kind of diversity. And then also you're working in complex situations. So not just the people, but we're in a society now where we have wicked problems. Wicked problems are those problems that are hydra-headed. They're all over the place. And so you need to learn to work with a lot of complexity. You need to learn how to think in terms of an ecosystem, how one thing connects to the other. You're working in a virtual space, where you can't see people, but you're engaging. So creativity becomes important. Critical thinking becomes important. You know. And so the soft skills have always been relevant, but more so now, definitely.
0: Which of them are key, mm. uh, depending, of course, on the job that you do. But Gina, mm-hmm. I was once interviewing the former CEO of Unilever Ghana, and she made a statement, and that's why uh, the, the live reference I made to our previous engagement was of significance much more mm-hmm. than people think. She says sometimes people are not able to make a migration between the top end of their role, where they have to do high-end corporate stuff, and that part that involves getting into the market. She says, mm-hmm. there are times when I've been in a big meeting at the board level, and so that requires a certain kind of language, a certain kind of dressing. But when you're going to market, I don't go there with a suit. I need to change, put on a T-shirt, and then be able to make sure the woman or the woman even talk to me. Mm-hmm. How important is it to be able to find that balance between the different extremes of your work. You do work at the world dealing with different stakeholders. Mm-hmm. How do these soft skills help us appreciate the different parts of our role? Dr. Ansa put it
3: right when she talks about diversity. And uh, this is very important, as she rightly said, for the work that I do. When you are dealing with diverse people, like you said, diverse stakeholders, some of whom may be highly educated, some who may not, but you need all of them to be able to buy into whatever you want to communicate or sell to them. Now, one of the things that also helps you embrace the usage of soft skills, or so one of the things that comes to play is the constant dynamism of society. So like you rightly said, things are changing every day, every time. Even your customers are changing. Management styles are changing. The people are, you are changing yourself. And we are talking about COVID. I mean, if someone had told me in January, for example, that we would be able to work from home for one full year, it's something that I never conceived. If anybody had prophesied or had forecasted or had said, Gina, can you imagine working from home for a year? So I think that the dynamism of our society, the changing trends and... The uncertainties of life, if I may put it that way, demands that you are able to adjust, think on your feet. And like you rightly said, you should be able to move from a space of going into a presentation where you meet people who are in the boardroom or in management meetings and the next minute be ready to go to Makola Market to do a community engagement. For the work I do, we travel across the country to little villages in the north, upper east, upper west, eastern region, because we consider everybody important to the business we do. So you really need to be able to display that agility, which is what is there in words now, being agile, someone who is able to you are easily adaptable to things. So it's really an important discussion, and I'm happy that we are having this discussion today.
0: Right. Doctor, let me talk about the tensions that arise from a person who sees... At the time I was being interviewed, this aspect was not brought to my attention. I was told I was being hired as Mm -hmm. a customer service executive or a marketing person. And then suddenly I'm having to do planning events, getting into my jeans, and then going to places. And it's it's really not what I interviewed for. Mm -hmm. And so you talk about agility being important, but there are tensions because people sometimes see, if I had known this is what I was being hired for, I would have probably had a different conversation. But from the perspective of the employer, they see that the changing world of work is placing demands on us that were not anticipated mm-hmm. at the time we were being hired. What would you say to that? I'd say,
2: yes, the demands will shift the things that you have to do. But from an employer's point of view, it also tells me the value that you can add. If you're a straight jacket, one plug, I can only do X, and things are the changing. Employee. You know, from the employer's point of view, if I look at you as an employee and you can only do one thing, even when things are changing around you, that's your opportunity to demonstrate the value you can add to the organization. Um, Let's say you're in a role that's customer service, dealing with people directly, and now we say, look, things have moved online, so I need you to pick up some tech skills and now do digital marketing. I need you to understand search engine optimization. I need you to, you know, understand social media. If, oh, this is not what I interviewed for, etc., that could cost you your job. If I have two of you and I need to downsize for whatever reason, financially it's more prudent to do that, the person who adds more value beyond frontline, you know, service dealing with in-person customers the person who can quickly switch to engaging online, et cetera, is the person I'm going to take. And the person who's able to roll up sleeves and say, okay, we need to do deliveries. And so jump in a car and then head out, etc. So this is a great opportunity to demonstrate the value you add by being agile. And as an employer, this is also a time to retool and also to help people to build new skills. It would not be fair for me to say, well, things have changed. You don't have digital marketing skills, so goodbye. But it's important for me to say, you know what, this is where we're going. And so long as you want to come on this journey, here's the opportunity I'm giving you to now learn some new skills so you can add that value we're looking for. If you're not interested, we'll have to leave you behind and carry on. Right? So, so
0: Gina, if, if I take what Dr. Ansar is saying, from where you sit as a head of a function... Will it be a fair assumption to say that if for any reason, I mean, if for any reason you had 40 people on a function and you honestly needed only 20, you will take those who can do more than the the basic function and the determinant will be the soft skills and other skills that you can bring to the table. Is that a fair conclusion? I
3: think it's a fair conclusion because as I thought about this uh, topic, one of the things that I thought about was that The display of soft skills is a summary of what do you remember the person doing best. Mm -hmm. And certainly it's not the use of a certificate or certainly it's not the hard things because if you all have degrees and you come together, the assumption is that you all have the same degrees. You know, you could have people who have even more qualifications than you, the manager. Mm -hmm. But I think that when it comes to a point of decision, What will make you choose one person over the other is one. How much more value the person brings. And then how are you able to get the person to adapt to new things? Because new things come up every day. And you don't want a person who is always like, I'm doing this thing, I can't stop and do that. You know, you need someone who can say, okay, I'm doing this, but this is also important. I can add this to what I'm doing. Or I can quickly put this on hold for a moment, finish this. You need someone who can think on his feet and say, which is more important, which is more critical? You don't need a person who is coming to you every minute to say, oh, so should I stop this? Oh, should, okay, so I stop this and you it, give it me it that. Does or annoy you? <laughs> <laughs> so I think all. <laughs> you know, sometimes, of course, we all need help. But it's such a blessing when you have someone who is able to make quick decisions, determine what is urgent, what is an emergency, what is an issue that can wait. You know, because sometimes things can wait. Mm-hmm. You have a deadline, but you know this person will need his speech or his, maybe this deck. will need it in maybe in two weeks' time. But the, the deadline I gave you was for you to submit it today. So that I have enough time to review and all that. So, I mean, in the business that we are in, you can wake up one morning planning to do three meetings and maybe four reviews. You wake up one morning, there's a headline that is negative or something that needs attention. Mm-hmm. You can't say that I plan to do this meeting and that meeting and to review this. And so you wait and finish it before you get onto it. Immediately you need to jump to it and provide solutions, quickly address it, and move on to what you were doing. And this is the kind of thing I believe we are all talking about.
0: I'm going to come to you, Gina, and I'm going to ask you, which is your, your favourite of the top ten skills that the World Economic Forum has put out in their 2020 report as critical skills we must get before the year 2025? I'm going to give each of you a chance to choose which one is your favourite and why. For the purpose of those who uh, work, are working now, uh, I, I uh, Doc, give us um, a workman's work or workperson's definition of soft skills. Mm. At least contrasting that against hard skills, but soft skills. What exactly are what they?
2: So soft skills, I'd say, uh, I don't want to use skills again. <laughs> <laughs> but let's say when we talk about hard skills, it's really heavily knowledge-based and things you're able to do. Soft skills have a lot to do with your mindset and attitude, you know. And so your ability to engage people, engage in situations in a way that will deliver positive outcomes, you know. So the way you think and the way you do your things. So it's not knowing, but how you do things. Let me give
0: you two working definitions and tell me which one you like the most. Okay. One says soft skills are non-technical skills that relate to how you work. They include how you interact with your colleagues, mm-hmm. how you solve problems, and how you manage your work. Mm-hmm. That's definition one. Mm-hmm. Definition two says soft skills are the skills that enable you to fit in the workplace. They include your personality, your attitude, your flexibility, your motivation, and your manners. Can I pick both?
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> you because pick they, both. They,
2: they touch on the essentials. the essentials. The first one, the how, right? Not the what, the how.
0: Okay. Yeah. So the hard skills are the what? And the, the soft skills are the how? Exactly. Okay, so let me give you the list. <laughs> We've been working with this list quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But let me give you the official list. They keep changing the list in every mm-hmm. report, but let's work with the current list. Ten skills that the World Economic Forum says Everyone, mindless of your area of work. Mm-hmm. These are the skills they encourage you to acquire. One is analytical thinking and innovation. Mm-hmm. Two, leadership and social influence. Three, active learning and learning strategies Four, technology use monitoring and control five complex problem solving six technology design and programming seven critical thinking and analysis eight resilience stress tolerance and flexibility nine creativity originality and initiative and ten reasoning problem solving and ideation not in any particular order. These are the 10 that they recommend that everyone should get a hang of.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Which one hits you the most whenever you look at this list?
2: The last one. The reasoning, the problem-solving, ideation. One of the things that frustrates me most is when I work with people who don't do the thinking And so they'll do things because this is how I've seen it done or this is how we've always done it. But I'm looking for people who can look at a situation and figure out in this context, we need to adjust, we need to shift and be able to come up with new ideas. In the world we exist in now, you really, really need that. So being able to think through things. I mean, that list is difficult to pick from, honestly. <laughs> I,
0: I, I can give you a chance to take a, your, your second choice. I mean, after all, when you're choosing second school, they give you your first choice. First second choice, choice, second.
2: choice So you know, let me give you... Leadership and social influence.
0: So your first one is reasoning, problem-solving, and ideation. And, ideation. Mm-hmm. and if you have to make a second choice, it will be leadership and social influence. Mm-hmm. Why?
2: Um, leadership for me is everything. You know, your ability to lead by example and to mobilize people and actually achieve the shared goals. That's it, you know. But um, I would say I, I picked the last one because we don't talk about it enough. You know, we don't, we don't focus enough on your ability to reason. You know, if I need information from you, how you even present it, bring me analytics so I can look and then with just one look, I can tell the trends and everything. And so you need those skills Leadership is, for me, is a given. It's necessary. And leadership for me is not about a position. And so you might be an administrative assistant in an organization. Demonstrating leadership, demonstrating initiative is important. But beyond that, can you actually help us to solve problems? Can you think on your own, put a few things together, come up with new ideas, and be able to have the courage to even suggest, oh, we've done this the same way, and things are changing around us. I looked at our dashboard, and here's the data I see. Can we do it differently? I suggest we pilot this. You know, those are the kinds of skills you're looking from people. And that's you, a
0: demonstration of leadership. As somebody who manages a company that mm-hmm. recruits people, do you look out for soft skills when you're hiring? Yes, we do. What what methodologies do you use? How do you how do you how do you tell somebody who's good from somebody who's not? Okay. I'm assuming that mm-hmm. two people have the same first class or second class upper or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or even some they have mm-hmm. a higher degree than another. Mm-hmm. But they've been shortlisted. How do you use soft skills to determine this one will go to heaven? This one will go to hell. <laughs>
2: Those are my words. Let me give you two quick examples. One, we were hiring somebody who came in, we gave a laptop, we we're supposed to do an assessment. She couldn't figure out how to get the laptop working because she wasn't used to. So it's on, but can't find my keys. She had an envelope with her. She did the assignment on the envelope. And later on, I mean, we found it funny. We had a good laugh with her. And then I asked why. She was like, well, you asked me to get something done. It needed to get done. And I couldn't waste time. It was time bound, figuring out the the computer, etc. And so here it is. And just for not being somebody who's giving up. It tells me resilience. It tells me somebody who will push to get it done and somebody who will own it and say, you know what, computer is on, I'm not used to the keyboard, so I'm going to do this and get it done. And then a second example is whenever we're trying to test for honesty, integrity, beyond coherence in what you're saying, I don't want to spill my trade secrets, but there are some software applications that are very common but hardly used. So sometimes I might ask, are you able to use this software? And, oh, yes, yes, yes. And then I give you my laptop and say, okay, so set something up for me. Oh, madam, (laughs) it's been a while since I used it. Um, At that minute, I'm really not interested in your technical ability, but your ability to own up and say, you know what, I don't know how to use this. And I'd like to learn. You know, so I'm looking at courage. I'm looking at integrity. I'm looking at honesty. You know, so there are many different ways of, you know, assessing soft skills in an
0: interview. Look, I mean, you've opened the Pandora's box, so I'm going to come to Gina, <laughs> but let me stay here for one minute because you, you said you don't want to spill a Tracy Chris, but you've spilled one already, so you might, as well, you might as well spill a second one just for the record. So what do you do when you are asked a question that is very big in an interview and you don't know the answer?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because, I mean, I remember somebody saying, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. And <laughs> I, 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 I still laugh about it till today. <laughs> What do you do when you honestly don't know the
2: answer? What do you do? If you don't know the answer, first, I'd say admit it. Two, depending on the context and the nature of the question, if there's an adjunct answer, there's something that's related to the answer. If, for example, you ask me to explain why there was a financial crisis in 2008, and I'm not too sure what happened, etc., in my local context... I may tell you, well, I'm not too sure the origins, you know, in terms of the financial markets. However, in my community, this is how I saw it. it. In crisis? the industry, okay. this is what I saw. Okay. And this, these are the trends that I saw emerging. It tells me, mm, this person may not have specific knowledge, but they can apply knowledge. You know, so if you don't know, say it. And where it's relevant, you know, make linkages to things that you know, where you are comfortable, and talk
0: about it. It would seem that if you are the kind of person who just chewed your course outline, it would be difficult <laughs> to succeed. You in survive. <laughs> <laughs> Gina, so. Gina on the, in, in the corporate front, a multinational yeah. with such high standards like MTN, mm-hmm. these issues you are talking about, I mean, over-depending on a course outline, chewing, and, and it will seem that if you found yourself in a, in a job working under Gina in corporate comps, it would be a struggle if you are not mm-hmm. adept at being agile, flexible, and being able to think on your feet. It will seem that it would be a struggle.
3: Yes, there will be a struggle, and it will show, like she rightly said, because there will be situations that will come up where you have to instantly, you know, do the work, get it done, and there wouldn't be time for you to, you know, say you are going to check with someone. Or, you know, sometimes people can even allow others to start their work for them and all that. And even now, in the situation in which we find ourselves, like I'm saying, we've been working from home for a year you know, if your boss calls you or sends you a mail and says, I want this done in 30 minutes or an hour, I just want something very brief. You know, you can imagine if you are not up to the task, it will show. So it's really important. Um, constant learning is important. And where you can't, you know, you have no idea, you can't get it done. You, you need to be very Honest and say, oh, yes, you gave me this task. Can you clarify? And you, you do it all the time. Can you clarify this? No, this aspect of the work, I, I, I'm not comfortable with it. Can you just explain how this can be done? And then you, you start from somewhere and grow it. But, you know, you can't get away with just chew and pour because it will show. You know, it will. It, there, there will be a time where you'll be left alone with the task. You, you, you have you to struggle. prove your worth. Yes. Let's go to the
0: list and find out what your first choice is from that list of 10.
3: Um, along the same lines, I chose leadership and social influence first. As your first choice? As my first, and for similar reasons. I mean, I, I think leadership is everything. And self-leadership for that matter is very important in this instance. So how you are able to lead yourself, guide yourself to be able to learn, grow quickly You know, and also lead others, you know, because you you have to be able to lead yourself to be able to lead others. And social influence, I mean, in the situation in which we find ourselves now, is even more important because you need to be able to impact the lives of others. You have to, as a leader, you'll be mentoring, you'll be doing coaching, you'll be teaching people, you'll be sharing ideas, sharing knowledge, also learning from people. So social influence, I see it as two ways. You'll be influencing people, you'll also be influenced by other people. That having the right, you know, thinking to even determine what is good for you, what influence is positive and negative, is also part of that self-leadership. Because sometimes I think that You know, people get influenced in wrong ways. You know, they see everybody doing the same thing, and they also want to do it. They see people posting things, and they can't make a decision between what is appropriate and what is inappropriate. Mm -hmm. People cannot determine where they are coming from, who they are. So, for example, you're a Christian, you're a corporate person, you're a mother, you are, you know, a church leader, there's a limit to what you can do.
0: Can a person's social media post give you an idea about where they stand in terms of their soft skills?
3: Oh, definitely. I really? mean, it does every time. And I don't know what Doug thinks, but I look at a lot of social media posts and I'm making analysis all the time about who I think they are. You know, it's, it's more of a perception Trouble. thing. Trouble. <laughs> because soft skill, soft skill is about behavior, like she said, attitude, like Doc said. It's your behavior and your attitude. So moving away from the paper... Who do we see you to be? Mm. You know, when you see it in the posts of people, you see those who can't use good discretion. Mm. You see those who may be too arrogant, people who are not learning, not paying attention to details, or people who can't just determine that this is who I am. I cannot post this. Wow. There are some things that you can't just post as a corporate person. Wow. But I see people making those mistakes. So, no, this just just, just, just <laughs> those words again.
0: <laughs> There are guess, some things you just cannot you can't,
3: post. You can't just post. Yeah, I, like asking, of, I like asking
0: for examples. So, is is because something of who that,
3: you are, where you work, <laughs> you know. The, uh, is so there me, of Doc, things Doc, that I Doc know is an lecturer, so no I think areas. she can say
2: more. <laughs> I think there are many no-go areas. If, for example, you work in, um, let me use the, your clients. People will go on there and bash clients um, and then go back and look for business. You know, there are times when you're tempted to, you're frustrated because you got poor service, and so you go on there and you go and you write a lot. But these are the same people you're trying to help or you're trying to work with and work for. And so you have to be careful. Um, sometimes there might be some very, some, some issues that begin to throw the light away from you as a person and to your organization. And some people don't make that separation properly. And so if you're a branch manager for a company, what you are posting, even how you appear physically on there, you're representing the brand. Yes, it's your personal page. However, people look at that and they connect you straight to the brand you're representing. So what is appropriate and inappropriate? And this is where companies are now um, finding it necessary to regulate or at least set guidelines to what you can put on social media, WhatsApp pages, you know, you have people who manage WhatsApp pages, and in the past, you wouldn't even think of this being part of policy. But now, you need to shape. Okay, whatever conversations happen here, if and when we need to pull from here, we will. You know, and these I'm sure are that, new I'm sure spaces. That the higher you
0: go, the less freedom you have <laughs> well, yep. to post anything. <laughs> you like, yep. All right, this is Springboard Virtual Invest. If you just joined us, this is a discussion about soft skills, and we've been having this conversation myself and my friends. Dr. Isi Ansai, Mrs. Gina asari Fiagwinu, helping us to understand how important these soft skills are and how important they have become, especially in the changing world of work. And we come back from this break. We'll find out how COVID has further made it even more essential. And I'm going to introduce a 15-year-old genius who, by virtue of soft skills, has had a radical change in her career. And let's find out from a young person what are the things she's learning, and, and you're going to find it very interesting. But let me cross over to Amos in the data is King segment. It's imagine that somehow, as a result of the changing world of work, 48% of workers don't think their bosses are being supportive enough, they think they are in the valley of the shadow of death and they need more support. <laughs> Amos, what do you have for us in that segment? The data is king segment provides
4: credible data for decision making, analysis, and prediction. Our statistic of the day is on productivity. According to a Monster poll, nearly 80% of employers are concerned about productivity and business concerns due to coronavirus. Meanwhile, 48% of workers Don't think their bosses are being supportive. A research by the University of Exeter Business School shows that employees are more positive, feel empowered, and are more productive under servant leaders who put the interest of their people first. Servant leaders have the following characteristics number one, they have strong decision making skills. Two, emotional intelligence. Three, a sense of community. Four, self-awareness. Five, foresight. And number six, commitment to help others do better. So our question for you today, do those you are leading feel you have their best interest
0: at heart? Hi, this is Albert and I have some great news for you. Here's one more way to matriculate and graduate every single week. Your favorite inspirational program, Springboard Your Virtual University, now airs on Joy Prime, on your multi-tv, at DSTV channel 281, every single week. Join us this and every Friday from 5 p.m. till 6 p.m. as we explore different subjects and our theme for the year, Repositioning. Springboard Your Virtual University will therefore now be on Joy FM, Facebook, and YouTube, Every Sunday at 7 p.m. And on Joy Prime from 5 p.m. till 6 p.m. every Friday. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Ratio Foundation. In partnership with the Multimedia Group and proudly sponsored by NTN, UMB Bank, the enterprise group with support from the graphic business. Springboard, your personal value will shoot up. From trot passenger wait, 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 wait.
4: to
5: tier rubber car
4: owner. At Enterprise, we take care of life's
0: uncertainties, so you're free to make your dreams a reality. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. <laughs> Welcome back to Springboard, the Virtual University. And before the break, Amos was telling us about 80% of employers wanting more money, more business, and 48% of the staff feeling lost, mm-hmm. unsupported. Mm-hmm. And, Doc, the the list of characteristics that we're giving of people who are servant leaders did not include MBA
2: mm-hmm.
0: or the hard mm-hmm. skills <laughs> and technical abilities. Mm-hmm. Once again, you see soft skills running all the way through. What do you think?
2: Um, absolutely relevant. You know, you could be a manager, and I've seen many managers who are solid. They are good technically. They know what they're doing. But you realize that they lose employees quickly. And one of the things I've been doing lately in some of my workshops is actually speaking truth to managers and letting them realize, yes, the markets may not give you the best products out there in terms of technical skills when they're coming in. But where your soft skills are weak, um, you're a manager and you're cussing people out because you're upset. You're throwing tantrums in the office. Nobody feels empowered to take the initiative. You may complain, my people are not productive. They don't take initiative. They're just walking around doing nothing. But you've created an environment where those who take the initiative get bashed. And so very quickly, they learn to be quiet and to stay in their corner and not proactively share their ideas and get the work done. You know, and so you can be technically good. But if you don't know how to engage people respectfully, if you don't know how to empower people, sit back and say, you know what, guys, I'd love to do this, but I want to see you grow. There's a quote by Robert Greenleaf. And it's a question he asks: Do those you serve grow? Do they become better? If they haven't become better, then you haven't done your job. If you haven't empowered them to be able to take action and also feel that they are contributing, then you haven't done your work. So absolutely, very important that you may be technically solid and if you lack the soft skills, you'll lose good people. Um, You'll complain, oh, my people are lazy. No, take a mirror and start looking at yourself as an employer, as a manager. What environment are you creating? And just one quick one, I think it's important we talk about followership. Because the environments that the leader creates will now in turn shape the kind of followers you have. Those who just say yes, sir, because they are scared to take the initiative. Um, and so, you as a leader, it matters, really does.
0: Gina, let me come to you. 10 years ago, you were not in the role that you are in now. You probably were also learning. You still are learning, but, I mean, you were probably the more a uh, 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 more genial role growing up in your leadership. Comparing now to that time, will it be the case that as you get higher and higher in the management ladder, there is more of a draw on your soft skills than there are on your hard skills? Will, that, will it be the case? Oh, yes.
3: You yes, I believe so. Yes, because um, when you are... Should I say at the, perhaps let me say entry level, Um, you tend to, in fact, you tend to focus on your technical skills and the hard skills. One, you are eager, you know, to show that you, you know, you, you want to work. And so all you focus on is getting the work done. You know, sometimes you don't even think about how you get it done. It's more of what do I have to do, you know, to please my boss, to be able to get that recognition and all that. But as you go up the ladder, also because you are responsible for other people, you tend to have to consider more of how do you get things done, you know. So I see where the shift is. From the beginning, of course, you are just out of school, you are eager to work. You have to really build your competency.
0: You seem see that at that point, you are responsible for yourself and your outcomes. Yes. But so, as you, go along, you know, sometimes for you don't even want time. to help other people because right.
3: hey, you want to be the first to finish, so that your boss will see that you know you finished. But when, when you, as you are getting more into the work, even before you even become a manager. I think the more responsibilities you are given, you tend to show more of the soft skills because then you realize that you can't do it all on your own. You need to collaborate with people. You need to, you know, for example, you need to be nice to people to get them to help you. You need need to show interest in other people. You have to be creative because then you tend to realize that it's not just what you learned in school. The more you you get, you are given more responsibilities. Let me put it this way, because, you know, sometimes people are in a position where they can't go vertically. Mm -hmm. But then you can grow horizontally, which is, you may be at the same level. It may be a junior level, but you may be given more responsibilities. And I believe that at that point, you tend to have to use more of your soft skills to be able to get... You know your goals achieved because you need other people. You have to communicate. For example,
0: let, you, let, me, let me let me ask you for a practical example without names or anything, but a practical example of how you can be solid on the hard skills, but the soft skills will let you down so badly and and and, and spoil your opportunities in the corporate front.
3: Oh yes, I mean there there are so many examples. So for example, you can be a very good person technically, and I can give examples of sometimes when you have projects. And you have a very good project manager who everybody knows technically can get the work done. So you are given a job to manage this project. And we do that a lot in a lot of organizations. So you serve on different, different committees. And you realize that some managers are very good technically, but their people's skills are, are not the best. And sometimes it even deters people from serving on those committees. So there are instances where You know, there are conversations and people will say, I don't want to be on this committee because this person is just going to shout at me. You know, this person is just going to harass you. This person is not sensitive to people, you know, because although you want to get the work done, how you get it done is very important. People want you not, they don't want you to call them at 6 a.m., you know, and just give them pressure. You need to know, for example, if you have people in your team who have young children, For example, I have one of my team members, anytime I call her, after five minutes, I I start teasing her because I hear the children crying. And then I always say, as for these boys, anytime I call after five minutes, they will start crying. You know, you have to be sensitive to the fact that people are working from home. Is is it a sign
0: of weakness to bog down and and then pay attention to the children of your employees on the Zoom call, etc., etc.? Is it a sign of strength or weakness?
3: I think it's a sign of strength because that's the reality. People are working from home, and you you have to put yourself in the shoes of people. And I think empathy is one of the things that a leader should have. Mm -hmm. You want to get the work done, but it doesn't mean that people have to die, (laughs) you know, getting the work done. And so you have a deadline, and you need that work done. But sometimes a little bit of encouragement helps people. So you are talking to the person, you can hear the baby crying. Sometimes it's you just because... The target the... the
0: target, the target when the baby
3: is crying. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes the, the child is crying because uh, perhaps they were playing with the mother's tablet. You call then she has to pick the phone. So the st- child starts crying. So I think it gives you the opportunity, one, to be very brief and concise. That's one of the things I've learned. It just means that you have to get to the point because the person has to deal with so many things. It's not as if he's in the office and just, you know, has that luxury of a good working space. You have to understand perhaps the person has something on the fire, which is what we all do. And Doc and I were talking about it. Sometimes I have my laptop in the kitchen and it's 4 p.m. I have to start dinner. You know, because the kids will be coming from school, and I've I've from been work. there from work, and I've been there where my husband like I've been sitting the whole day, and then I hear you know the horn, and then I say hey, it's 5 p.m. or 5:30, and you haven't done. T- I mean, your kids are not going to say because you are working from home they shouldn't eat. So <laughs> you know, people are managing different targets. They are managing marital targets. Home affairs targets and your own targets, your KPIs as well. So and you have to be sensitive.
0: It's by COVID and the current situation. It's it's it's
3: it's very important that you are sensitive to these things. Okay. And provide the right support. Otherwise, people will feel like you said that they are they are in the. Value of the shadow of death, you said. you don't care. And you don't care. <laughs> you
0: don't care. <laughs> Doc, is, is COVID further exacerbating the need for soft skills? And let me particularly hone in on one of them, mm-hmm. the skill of emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. One of the five pillars of emotional intelligence is empathy that she mentioned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are these skills even more critical in a time like this? Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, certainly. And um, let's look at just psychologically, the impact of this pandemic on all of us, you know, especially last year, perhaps now we understand a little better, mm-hmm. but I remember at a point you go somewhere and you want to just clear your throat. You're scared because when you do people look at you, hey, um, you, you cough and you yourself, your mind starts racing. There's a cough. What could be going on? Have I been exposed? That drains you psychologically. And you have to use that dream psychological person to actually get the work done. And then you have children who are going and coming. I mean, now they're going to school. Um, you're juggling that. Their exposure, you see them playing and, you know, they've taken the mask off and, hey, they're having fun. Um, you have spouses, siblings, people going in and coming up. When you, when you see all this and you are juggling this with work, psychologically, you're living in a state of fear. For, for many people or the the uncertainty rattles you a little bit. So this is when you need to rally self being self aware to know where your strengths and your weaknesses lie. What do I leverage? Um empathy, being able to understand. You're dealing with an employee, you know, who is scared to come to work because somebody in their family was exposed. And this is where leaders need to learn to communicate. I'm gonna
0: come and, to you and then, and then find out because whenever you have a conversation like this, the big mm-hmm. word is how. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Starting now. Mm-hmm. Because somebody's listening and saying, listen, if I had heard this when I was in university, I'd have made different choices. Mm. But they are listening now. They are hearing you, Dr. Isi Asa and mm-hmm. Mrs. Gina Sarifagunu, helping them to understand the role of soft skills. Mm-hmm. What must they do starting now? Now, I'm going to come back to you for that, but I have a very special guest today. This Springboard at Virtual University discussing today the fourth in our series of, on the changing world of work with the focus on the soft skills, the role of soft skills. And out of this conversation, one thing that has emerged is the role of mentoring, and even in the points that Amos submitted about servant leadership, mentoring came out in a sense, and it's also a big part of emotional intelligence. I have in the studios today a very special guest of mine, somebody who came to the Teen preneurship Conference some years ago. She was even underage at the time, but here she is, and Doing amazing stuff. I'm going to tell you what she does very shortly, but let me allow her to introduce herself. Hello. Hi. Good to see you. Good to see you. Too. So, introduce yourself for the benefit of our listeners and viewers.
1: My name is Janelle Amphiagbinu. I am 15 years old, and I'm a photojournalist.
0: 15 years old and photojournalist. The two do match. At age 15, you're calling yourself a photojournalist. Where are some of the places you worked? I've worked with
1: multimedia so far. I've worked with the Picture Me Project.
0: At your age, your CV has paid organizations for multimedia <laughs> Picture Me Projects. I hear you also MC programs.
1: Yes, I mc for Fun World at the National Theatre um,
0: two years ago. So this is an example of what you're talking about, soft skills. You're aged 15, at a time when many people are collecting pocket money from their parents and trying to find their feet. Do you think you, you are getting a, a, a sense of the world of work and what it is this like?
1: I feel like I've had a very great exposure at this age, and at age 15 I've worked at places where people who have been 35 and over haven't been yet, so I feel very great
0: and amazing. Are you learning a lot? Yes, I have learned a lot. What about the challenges? Are you also sometimes exposed because you are so young and there are things you don't know and you wish you knew them earlier? Um,
1: no. You're cool? Yes.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to teenpreneurship. Five years ago, you probably were 10 then, underage for the, for the for, it was a teenagers' conference, 13 and above, but you came in at age 10. Did you learn something from there that is helping you today?
1: Yes. I learned, I learned to be very confident because I was with people who were way older than me and I couldn't really relate to them properly, but at the end, I made a few friends. Yeah.
0: Slow start, but you picked up along the way. Yes. Let, let's project into the future maybe just the last one for you. Let's project into the future. So is there anybody who's your role model in photojournalism, anybody you admire, anybody that you're looking at and you're like, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a real deal.
1: I admire um, Senor John We see Adadebo a lot because... Oh,
0: yeah. we interviewed her before. Yeah. Amazing person.
1: Being a woman and being a photojournalist, capturing sport, I feel it's very amazing. And p- people haven't even thought of it yet, like other female
0: photojournalists. So let me give you some, some probably. In our last week's discussion, Chris Diaba, who's a leadership coach, facilitator and executive coach, said, going forward, the world of work is looking for not specialists, but specialized generalists. That means that don't just focus on one thing as what you do, but be able to do that one thing and then several other things. So you are doing photojournalism, and I see you are developing MCing and other skills. What other skills are you developing?
1: I am trying to develop skills in being a homicide detective. So
0: yeah. homicide detective, detective, you're also a photojournalist and then you also are an MC. Yes. Okay, the good news for you is that you don't have to drop any of them. You can actually combine all of them and build a great career. Let's make a date. Let's, let's lock it down. Three years from now, 2024, we'll bring you back into the studio and do an update for our viewers about how far you've gone and tell the world the story. Is that a deal? Yes. Bah. <laughs> She's here with her camera, and, and it's just a, an amazing, amazing opportunity. And for those who are asking, did you hear Fyaginu? Just to make it clear, it's Gina's daughter. And, and Gina, <laughs> congratulations, for, congratulations for giving her the opportunities, exposing her, and, and, and challenging her to be herself. Do you have challenges in determining or helping her to fashion out what to do? Do you, you have challenges? Uh, yeah, sometimes you do sometimes. Because, you know, at her
3: age, sometimes you don't know how much you want to expose her. So, like she rightly said, it was through the photography that you know she met the CEO and he invited her to come. Now, she's doing editing, which she, she didn't talk about. Sometimes, you know, she'll go to work and then they'll tell her, today you, are, you have to assist with production. So she has to travel with them to do recordings. And sometimes I'm a bit hesitant, myself and my husband, as to whether she's old enough, she's all by herself. Uh, When she had to go to multimedia, we are a bit skeptical, you know, how much of the exposure, you know, and we're not sure, you know, because in the first place, she she wasn't supposed to get in. So like you rightly said, when she did entrepreneurship, it was for teenagers, she was young, she decided to go. This was for 18-year-olds and above. But she said, no, she thinks she can do it. And I said, well, so you have to prove to them that you don't need your mother to tell them that you can do it or you don't need your father. So can you call them? So we got the numbers for her. She did a call herself, and they asked her to do a probability statement. Then I said, okay, so can you write? She said, yes. Within a few minutes, she had written it. I looked at it. She sent it herself. She followed up. They set up an interview. And uh, I was there, she said I'll finish the interview. I said, How did she she said they did it virtually? She had to do a video interview. And then I got a call that she did so well, although she's fifteen. So we had to do some kind of undertaking to say that she's fifteen, but we still wanted to to do. And she got the opportunity and she did the ten. She did some great pictures for the elections, so she was assigned to internal monitoring. Because she wasn't 18, multimedia didn't want to expose her, which was very good. So they didn't assign her out of the office. She had to cover all the people doing the internal monitoring. And she got very great shots. And what amazed me about her was that she was supposed to do a report when they had finished the election monitoring. And Ishira at multimedia was the one supervising them. We picked her up. By the time we got home, you know, we got into chatting. We got home around 11. And she was told that she had to tender in her report at 6 a.m. And then I said, "Ah, who tenders in a report at 6 a.m.? I mean, you just got home. So I said, you sleep tomorrow morning. Try and finish it and send it. I woke up in the morning. She had finished the report and sent it. And I said, wow, by 6 a.m. And there was no light. She used a tablet. And she wrote in Word. And I can show you the the word with pictures. And she had sent it. And my husband said, but why didn't you show it to us? And we read it and there were, you know, I'm not sure maybe if I
0: had written it. it. (laughs) You know, Doc, let let me come to you to wrap up on this. I I mean, I deliberately brought Janelle on because sometimes when the changing world of work is pulling at us, Mm. we feel helpless and we feel, listen, people don't understand, but it's Mm. so unfamiliar. Mm -hmm. This is somebody who is way below the age, thrown into the deep end, and mm-hmm. swimming and enjoying it and sharing mm-hmm. her experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I even like the, the youth in her voice and the naivety mm-hmm. of her expression. Mm-hmm. I'm just enjoying it. And it's mm-hmm. reminding me that, listen, maybe we have no excuse, Doc. Mm-hmm. Take us home with the closing thoughts on this.
2: Um, I'd say in this new, you know, world, explore. That's, that's the key word. Um, explore as much as you can well, new the opportunities skills yes, and sometimes when the opportunities come and you have to juggle them, you are building skills of self discipline, you know being able to manage various pieces, etc. but the more you explore, the more open you become to new experiences, the more agile you become because you're picking up different skills along the way, and so for me, a key word, especially looking at her experiences to embrace, I mean, you don't have a choice, really. You can't determine whether COVID-19 stays or goes. Um, So while you are in this situation, leverage the opportunities that come. Begin to see the positive sides. Leverage the opportunities and explore. Build your soft skills through exploration. You try different things. You may enjoy some. Some you may not. You leave them behind. You pick up new skills and, you know, build your skills that way.
0: Gina, let me me end with you on a not-so-soft skills note. Let me just divert completely to parenting, and I'm sure our listeners will not be offended. I mean, I just see a correlation between our son Jojo, who had experience in working in the laundry when he was so young, was such a young person, when he was taking public transport to go, we almost died, but we allowed him to do it. And look at him now working as a consultant in a multinational firm and we find that he learned to do things above his age way earlier and he's continued with them. General is looking like a, a similar case of somebody who has been given a chance to do things way above their age and has built confidence and is exploring their world. On a closing note, would you say that as we discuss soft skills and the changing world of work, parents should be more bold in allowing their children to explore?
3: Yes, I believe so. And and I have a quote here I wanted to share. I I, I saw it on someone's status. And I just captured it. It says, your degree is just a piece of paper. Your education is seen in your behavior. Mm. And when I saw it, I just said, your degree is just a piece of paper. Your education is seen in your behavior. Wow. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, as parents, I think it's the behavior of our children. Are they bold? Do they want to explore? Like Doc said, you know, there are children who want to explore, and she's one of them. You know, and I think that we have to embrace the uniqueness of our children and allow them to be, you know. So we haven't really thought about, oh, she, is she going to be a photographer in future? Well, if that's what she wants to be, fine. Mm-hmm. If she wants to be a production person, if she wants to be an events person, gone were the days when we were told you have to be a doctor, a lawyer and all that. One of the things we are learning is that in this our age, we have to let our children be. We have to let them explore their world with our guidance. We just have to guide them, trust them, you know, and, and be happy that we've given them the right values. They are still going as she is. She's just 15. But when she goes to work, I don't really think about, will she be seated? Will she always We tell her, put your mask on, sanitize, focus on your work? And indeed, you know, sometimes when she doesn't go, they call her. And sometimes they will call her and say, oh, Auntie Gina, is Janelle coming? Will she come next year?" and I say, why? I mean, because of COVID, I'm regulating how much exposure. And they will say, well, the place is safe. And then she will say, oh, she, she'll be fine and all that. And then, the, oh, she's doing tough titles, which is something uh, I think a lot of people hate doing. Mm-hmm. And she loves to do it so you know, they are always calling and they, oh, is she coming today? She And it's such a joy to see that she's useful. Right. So I think parents need to embrace, this is, this is the times we are in. It's a digital world, it's a dynamic world, and we shouldn't think that our children will just be seated, waiting to sit in the classroom, learn, get a degree, you know, let them explore and let
0: them be. The key word is explore and be, I want to say a big thank you to you, Dr. Isi Ansar, uh, inspiration for climbing a too. We have not yet reached okay. Kilimanjaro, but at least we've climbed a 2 with your inspiration. <laughs> thank you for joining us on the Virtual University once again. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Gina Asarifabini, for making it uh, to, this is your home. So anytime you come here, we feel very much that you are mm-hmm. at home. And thank you, Janelle, for your first time appearance. You have a date three years from now,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, right on this platform, to remind the world that it's a story we are tracking. We are tracking a number of the team partnership products actually mm-hmm. So there's one that we are, track- we are tracking The guy who said he would build an airline to challenge British Airways wow, We've tracked him He's gone to United World College in Singapore He's now in the US at Rochester University We are tracking the story till he builds that airline wow, And it's amazing BBC interviewed him when he came for team partnership And they, they, it was funny A guy who was at the time 10 years seen that he would build an airline called Orbit Airlines to challenge British Airways. He has a name He even had a name. wow. (laughs) He's moved on from the airline, but the vision is still very big in his heart Mm -hmm. to do something big, and we're just tracking. So your story is another one we are tracking. So next three years, we will bring Janelle back to come and tell the world where you have reached and I'm sure they will be very impressed. So this is Springboard, a virtual university. My name is Albert Okran. On behalf of the Virtual Academy Board shared by Comfort, exploring part four in our series on the changing world of work. As you can tell, there is part five coming next week, and we'll continue so we can break everything down and help us all to understand where we are going, how we can get there, and what we can do to ensure that we optimize the opportunities all under the theme for the year, which is repositioning. So we come your way again next week. I want to say a big thank you to you for joining us. God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. Mode.
5: FM Joy 99.7 FM we have been updated on what our state as a nation is followed closely by how much we hope to spend and on what as a country i'm talking about the 2021 budget does it address your needs as a citizen how about the taxes the new and the revamped did you even understand it? Or are you one of those who say it is time to move beyond the GDP, nominal figures and other economic jargons and tell you how exactly you stand to benefit from what was put out in this year's budget? It is time for you to be heard. Record a 30-second video asking your direct question about the budget and send it to me as via WhatsApp 054-010-9009 join me and let's probe the President's Representative at the Finance Ministry, Charles E. this Sunday at 8pm on the Joy News Channel. Joy 99.7 FM and a dozen affiliates across the country by joyonline.com. DSTV channel is 421 GOTV 144 and all our social